Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's Mental Health Awareness Week. Welcome to a special edition of Insane in the Membrane with Mind. Insane in the Membrane. This week's conversation is with the incredibly talented actor Nicholas Pinnock. Not only is Nicholas a star of the smash hit series Top Boy and Marcella, he's also an ambassador for mental health charity Mind. So, before we hear from him, a word about their work. Many of us are worried about coronavirus, obviously, and how it will affect us and those we love. We know that people are more likely to experience mental health problems during national emergencies, and those of us who already have mental health problems can be the most affected. At Mind, the mental health charity, they work to make sure that no one has to face a mental health problem alone, and they won't give up until everyone experiencing a mental health problem gets both support and respect. Mind's online resources and confidential info line provide you with advice on how to look after your mental health, which is so important. You know, it's nice to know that there is someone out there you can reach out to during this period and what we can do to protect our well being. Now, if you're worried about how you're feeling or have questions about mental health, start by reaching out to Mind. They can help you make choices about treatment, understand your rights or reach out to sources of support. Together, we can do this. This is the only way we will get through this is if we reach out and talk to people. We, we're all already isolated. Some of us are on our own. Some of us are lucky to have some people, but anyone who's struggling, you can reach out and talk to someone and that's how we'll get through this one day at a time. Visit Mind's website, uh, mind.org.uk. We're going to stick a link in the episode's description uh, so if you need the support of Mind or you'd like to support Mind uh, this Mental Health Awareness Week, click on that link and get involved. Meanwhile, on with the show. And please excuse the lo-fi quality. We we do our best. I say we, I'm going to say it's producer Paul once again, sweating his, his boots off in his studio, trying to bring everyone together. And it's, you know, as, as brilliant as technology is and we're in the future, you know, it's not always perfect. So please bear with us as there's a few clicks and pings and bits drop out, but we've done our best. Producer Paul has has worked his magic to bring you the, the highest quality that he could. Um, you know, we are recording this in lockdown. So, uh, but I hope you enjoy this fascinating conversation with the wonderful Nicholas Pinnock. Hello, Nicholas. How are you doing? Are you well? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. No, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate that. Um, so no you're, problem. You're out in LA, is that right? No, no, I'm in London. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Ah, oh, cool. Are you working yes. on anything? Or obviously not with a lot. With a lot no, of everything came to a standstill. Uh, I was doing some press 
for um, the new show that I'm in out in the US and uh, I happened to stop off in Europe um, because uh, Spain and Portugal had bought the show and um, right. I was in London for a f- couple of weeks and uh, it's um, everything kicked off and here we are. Oh, wow, man. So are you based in London? I am based in London, yes. Yeah, yeah, London yeah. will always be my home. <laughs> is it East London you're is it East London you're from? Um no, I'm just no. from London. Just from London. All right. Yeah, just like from that. London. <laughs> All right, because I tell you what, because I was when I was I was looking into your uh, doing some research and things, and I watched close uh, closer, the short film that you did. Oh, for JP Cooper, yes. That's it, yeah. I mean that was phenomenal. Did you Thank that, you. Man, I I was I was I remember when it finished, I was like, fuck. That was one of my. Uh, uh, was one of the best things I feel I've ever done. Um, one of my greatest achievements on screen was that was that short film. Oh man, and I don't I, absolutely. I can see why it's fantastic. Did it? Thank did you. it? Because I, I always you've probably been asked this a million times in a million interviews. But do you find it easy to to once you've done a character like that that is so strong? Do you find it easy to kind of? not shrug it off, but kind of move on to the next project or does it stay with you for a while? No, yeah, it, 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 um, it's not easy at all. So what, I mean, you learn to compartmentalize. Right. Um, but what most people don't know is that your subconscious has no idea that you're acting. So it will release the same chemicals as if it's really happening in real life. Wow. Yeah. Um, and if you're on, when you're not aware of that, it took me a while before I was aware that a lot of the things that I was feeling were not actually mine. They were adopted feelings from characters that I played and I've then not processed. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if you play anger, the chemicals are still in your body for exactly the same amount of time as they would be until you shrug them off in your real life. Right, if you yeah. play grief, if you play lust, if you play um, happy, any of those things. So what happens is, you know, uh, an emotion, the chemical reaction of an emotion can, you know, take different amounts of time to leave your system. Yeah, of course. Um, for all sorts of reasons. And sometimes your character's emotional state and feelings can get wrapped up in your own. And sometimes you'll wake up in the morning and not know why you feel a certain fucking way. Jesus, yeah, of course. And you're kind of like, why am I feeling like this? Why am I, you know, and you angst about it. Before you know mm. it, you've created a situation out of something that actually doesn't belong to you and it belongs to the characters that you're playing. So I call them the shards. I have shards of my character that still live with me for a time. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I looked at it one day and I realized that a lot of my friends in the same industry are experiencing the same thing and not realizing it, which is why they end up in therapy, which is mm. why they, uh, you know, after a play, everybody wants to go out for a drink. And I never understood because I'm not a big drinker at all. Anyone who knows me knows that I either don't drink or it's a very rare sighting, well, like yeah. a white rhino. <laughs> um, you know, um, but then, you know, everyone wants to go for a drink after a play. Mm. And I did a play uh, a couple of years ago, about 18 months ago. And, the stuff that we were all dealing with within the context of that play to do with, you know, race relations here and race relations in the U S 
over the course of five weeks, by the time we got to the fifth week, we were so emotionally exhausted and so mentally um, wrapped up in the world that these characters were in that the building, we weren't talking to each other as much. Yeah. And I had a, I had a, uh, there was a, I, all of my scenes were with one particular actor, an amazing actor called Tossing Cole. And um, it was about the relationship between his character and my character, the elder and the younger. Yeah. And um, there was a point where this big cube comes down at the end of our section. And, um, you know, the audience can't see and we would hold each other and hug each other to reassure each other that we're okay because our characters got into a bit of a, a bit of a, a rut with each other. You know, yeah, they were right. knocking heads by the end of it. We weren't hugging anymore because our characters had begin to, begun to take over. Oh, right. We would then go back into the dressing room. Now week one, we were in the dressing room, having food, having a bit of fun, having a chat, being all friendly. And he would always come into my dressing room mm. by week five. I go to my dressing room. He'd go to his dressing room. He would then, um, like it would take him a good 20 minutes, half an hour to then come into mine. Then we'd sit in silence. Wow. And then one of us would start talking about something, knowing that if we didn't do that, our bond in real life was going to be the possibility that it could be fractured because the emotions of our characters were really beginning to bleed into our own Starting life. Starting to infiltrate. Yeah. Wow, man. And I, I really do believe that there is, um, and I'm working on um, a proposal to, set up some type of fund specifically for people in my industry to be able to deal with the effects that the stories that we're telling and the characters that we're, we're portraying um, have on us. Mm. Um, I've been in, I've been in two, three productions that I can remember where I've burst into tears on set or in the uh, or on stage really? and those tears have ended up being my own because i can feel everything my character is feeling and then what happens is they tap into my real life and my own emotions and that takes over and i uncontrollably cry for a time that which which means we can't we can't continue wow man. because there's and what i needed at the time was onset therapy someone oh, yeah. to actually be there in the moment to understand what is it you're feeling why are you feeling this? What is your character going through? How has that bled into your own life? What does that then, what's that triggered for you? Mm. And so, like I said, friends who, you know, are sex addicts, uh, drug addicts, yeah. um, alcoholics, and end up in rehab or in AA or in NA or in OA um, or in SLA, they, they, they are dealing with a lot of things that don't actually have to do with them on, on, in one aspect. A lot of it is not having processed what, they are still carrying based on the people that they're playing. If you think about it, if you're at home and you're an audience member and you are crying based on what you're seeing the characters going through, mm, imagine yeah. what those actors are going through playing those characters to actually have the audience react in that way. Oh, God, yeah. I've never thought of it like that before. I knew it used to annoy me when I'd hear people go, oh, they're actors just pretending to be other people. And you're like, no, 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 no. This is like you see somebody like uh, Johnny Harris. And Johnny mm. Harris, when he was Love in, Johnny Harris. Oh, John, what, a, what a top man. He's an amazing human being and he's a wonderful actor. Isn't he? And then, oh. But the first time I came across Johnny was when he was in This Is England and he played the dad. Yes, yes. And you're like, that was just, that was evil personified. Yeah. And I remember watching it and just feeling 
the hate for that character and uh, yeah. and you just sit there going fuck and it was so I remember the, there was a bit later on when he like when um, uh, she was in the bath and she's under, she's like in the water and she kind of opens her yeah. eyes and he's after he'd been killed he's he's over her and it's this massive powerful scene yeah. and then you, and then and I remember standing up going fuck me powerful yeah yeah and then you meet him and he's the sweetest man you've ever gentlest, met gentlest yeah. kindest human being yeah. And you're like, how the fuck did you get from so, that to that? And it, so, of course, it affects yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, so you have to. So playing somebody like that, you have to find something that you like about them. Yeah. Right. Really. Even a character. You have to. Even a cat, because because at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We're all after yes. the same. Every every single one of us has a commonality, and that's we're human beings. Mm. We're all looking for love, and we all find that in sometimes the most fucked up ways. Yes. We all and 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 it, when when we're searching, we're all searching for something. We're all searching for some kind of love, and however that manifests itself. So when you're playing somebody evil, you have to um, demonstrize them. You have to take away the evil from them and see them as human beings, and mm-hmm. find out where their damage is and understand them. And you have to kind of embrace their negative as you as much as you would their positive, or else you can't play them. Yeah, of course, you have to understand. Yeah. You have to understand that they are not the best people on the planet but that they are damaged and you have to find some compassion for them if you can't find compassion for your character you can't fully play the truth of it because then you're then you're only playing one aspect of that character and you're not giving us the three dimensions of who they are and some characters are written it's one dimensional but you know you can actually add layers on them and nuances that bring a bigger aspect of them out but you have to like your character you have to understand why they are and how they are to be able to be them amazing and i imagine that johnny had to reconcile all those things hate him as much as you know like something about him Mm. to be able to play him so well yeah because you can't just hate your character you can't you can't just hate them and not because then you're not playing the truth of who of who those people are because we are all multifaceted characters and we are all narcissists and we are all psychopaths and we are all these different things. We are all, we all have OCD. We all have all of these things that are negative connotations in society, but where, what the difference is, we don't all have them in such a big capacity that they affect our lives or that we can be characterized by them. Yeah. But we all have small amounts of them that come out, every now and then and also the narcissist in us doesn't always have to be a negative thing if it's not the overriding emotion that leads you in every single situation sometimes you kind of have to be a little bit of a narcissist to be able to find the confidence to do some of the things that you do which then end up being positive but the inception of it may be a slight amount of the narcissism but it's not that overriding arc of why you then become and be who you are and it can't be tagged on you as a characteristic you can yeah. be characterized as being a lovely person, but the narcissist in you is very small, but is, is there, it's like, I always try to, um, sorry, I know I'm rambling, but no, 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 this is, this head. no, go for it. This is the podcast. It's all about the guests. I always try and explain to people and it hit me one day, like a ton of bricks. And I was just like, Oh, and I'm not that smart. So, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only person that has thought about this, but if you look at a battery, yeah. Okay. At one end, you've got a plus. At the other end, you've got a minus. But we use that minus and the plus 
to put into our um, electrical devices for them to work. And then yeah. I went, so that's positive and that's negative. Ah, so everything has to have an opposite that works in tandem for any one thing to work at its maximum. Then I started thinking you have a night and then you have a day, complete opposites. You've got a left and you've got a right. You've got an up and a down. You've got a this way. You've got a that way. You've got a zig. You've got a zag. You've got you've got life. You've got death. So you have to have a complete balance of the absolute opposites of something for any one thing to work at its maximum. Yeah. Wow. So if you can't like your character, even though your character is evil, then you can't play it to the best of your ability. Mate, I didn't. That's that, you've nailed it. I didn't even because you, you just go, oh yeah, yeah. You just just be a prick for for an hour, and it isn't. It, it, like you no. say, you have to pick that character apart, put it all back together again. Because I saw yeah. Johnny again it, it, when he was filming Jawbone, and we yes. were we were extras, so we were all stood around in the graveyard scene, and, oh, and, and, and Johnny sort of kept himself away. Because he had to get into, you know, because, you know, the character, uh, sorry, to, yeah, no yeah. spoiler, anyone listening, spoiler alert, sorry about that. Um, yeah. But it's, it's he, I, I, he had his iPod on and he was just getting into character. That's what he does. He, he oh, has a, a playlist to help him, you know, a player specifically for his characters, but just yeah. specific for that character who have really? a new playlist. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, you, what, what, music, what music do they listen to, he says. Holy and shit. And he sets a, a playlist for that music. Because I know, saw him, yeah. It's great. Ah, oh, what a, it's incredible because it he was absolutely sobbing, and yeah. it, and he like and it didn't he wasn't just like it wasn't like right action and he started crying he was sobbing before yes. the cameras were even rolling he was sort of they were stood there there was Ian McShane yeah. and there was Michael Smiley and they stood there and mm-hmm. and I was just watching it going holy shit man yeah. this is I was just I, even then just watching that was so powerful. When you're when you're when you're when you're when you're becoming an actor and you're and you're learning your craft and you're learning the techniques and they and and you know that you have these discussions about finding the the good and the bad in the character. Do do they tell you? Do they say to you that this might affect you more than you realise? Okay, so I started. I didn't go to drama school. Okay, I went to stage school from the age of twelve. Right, and I started acting from that young. And wow. we were never told. We we were just told to you know to act. Right. This is all stuff that I've you know. So, well, I, so I went I went to I went to stage school and I went to a performing arts college, which is exactly the same as stage school without the academic. Okay. And then um, and then uh, I thought I would learn on the job um, instead of going to drama school. Right, just so just um, right, so just get straight, get stuck in. You just get stuck in, yeah. So these yeah. are things that I've learned and no, nobody tells you that these are things that you have to be aware of because XYZ will happen. No one what they teach you is they will teach you the craft, they won't teach you the industry and they won't teach you the life surrounding it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um and at some point when I was teaching, when I was, you know, poor and, and in debt and struggling as yeah. an actor. And I was, I was working in, as a teacher in two separate, um, um, like performing arts colleges as a, as a vocal coach and a, and a drama teacher. Yeah. I would then tell that to my students, exactly what I'm, what you're saying. Mm. I would tell them that because I came from a world of experience. Right. Yeah. Knowing that they weren't showing it, they weren't teaching us that, but I wish someone had told me. 
So yeah. I've done that from then on and passed it on to all of my students because it's really important. Very you have a important. lot of you have a lot of people who teach you how to act, but they don't teach you the industry. They don't teach you, you know, the 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 monetary facts in the industry. They don't teach you the effect that characters can have on your life. And I didn't. I learned that for myself yeah, when please. I realized that what what's going on here? Why how? Why am I feeling these things and what is it? And then I just started to look into it more and the psychology of of how people have an influence on your life and trauma and mm. damage. And then I went, okay, so we're playing traumatized and damaged people. That's going to impact on me because what we're releasing the same chemicals. My subconscious has no idea, but my conscious mind knows that there's a, um, a mark there that I have to hit, that I have to face this way because that's where the light is and that... When yeah, yeah. Um, I when he says that to me, I've got to remember the note that the director gave to me. So my conscious my my conscious mind knows that I'm working, and it's my mm. savior. And so I used to equate it to. I still do. I, I, when I when I teach, I used to. I equate it to a glass of water. We are the vessel. We are the glass. Right, okay, yeah. as actors, the liquid we put in that glass, depending on what color it is and how much of the liquid is our character so we have to take care of the contents within us i try and put the liquid up to maybe 90 percent of the glass because if i put it to 100 if you fill your glass up to the brim and you pick it up what's likely to happen is you spill some of the contents yep. of that glass and that spillage causes a mess now if you have that in your life and you have the character so far up in your psyche that it takes over. Yeah. That's where a lot of, you know, actors come into problems and they have to take drugs or they feel like they have to drink. And some mm. end up in situations where they have taken their own lives because the character has taken over and they've, yeah. you know, not realized that that's been the case. No, wow. but if you have a if you have ten percent of the glass still able to put to your lips safely and drink, you're not having any spillage and it's manageable. And so I always used to say, make sure that as far as you go with your character, that it's manageable. Yeah, well, that is incredible. You don't even now now you're saying it. I'm like, holy shit! Of course. Like yeah. I remember, there's another example of uh, Johnny Depp playing Hunter S. Thompson, and he and he. I think the story is he he spoke to Bill Murray, who'd played him before, and yeah. said to him, "Look, what you know? What's the what's the deal? What do you reckon?" And and Bill Murray said to him, "You got to be careful because once Hunter S. Thompson is in your head, you you will become Hunter S. Thompson." And I remember yeah. re reading that, going, "Fuck, man, that's how you that's how you get to be." where you are in the acting world you just you become the characters that you're playing but like you've just said yeah. that becomes dangerous man I, I didn't this is I'm, I'm i'm thinking out loud now i'm really like yeah. you're saying i'm like oh shit yeah of course of course so what do you what do you do this you don't drink and you know, very rarely but what do you do to cut loose what do you do to kind of go right i need to go and do something i need to just have a moment and do something i enjoy not that you don't enjoy acting but just to kind of get you, <laughs> make yourself more equal get, get your equilibrium back up and you know level out a bit what do you do i i've got i play the drums i play the the hand drums i play the congas oh really um and i like yeah i like playing music um i box 
I do ballet, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I studied it. ballet. When, yeah, I studied ballet really? as a youth, and um, I was a professional dancer for a time. That is incredible. Because I'm not, because I, I know uh, when I was a kid, if, if someone said to me, oh, I'm, doing, I'm studying ballet, they would have been mocked to shit. Did you get come up against any stuff like that? Or was it pretty cool? Everyone was no, pretty cool. no, I, did, I, I didn't at all, actually. I think everybody in my, in my family, everybody in my circle, they all knew that I was, you know, uh, I was headed for a life in the arts, regardless yeah, right. of what discipline it was. Because at the age of four, I knew that I wanted to be a performer. Really? I knew that I, I knew that I wanted to be one of the people in that square thing in the corner of the room that made my family react like that. Yeah, right. You knew that from a young and age? So I knew that from four. I didn't know what discipline I was going to go into, though. And then I started dancing. I went to a local church hall when I was seven and um, found dancing. And that was amazing. My sister used to go there. I think we went to pick her up one day and my mum dragged me in there. I was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> so then I started doing it. I wanted to do it. And yeah. I started doing that. And then I lived in Saudi Arabia from seven to, to 12. And then my, um, my, uh, father wanted me to come back to the uk for for schooling for secondary school and i said to him look you know if i'm going back i want it to be like this school because it was an american american international school we did plays we did music we did poetry we did all these creative things that i absolutely thrived in and loved mm. and i said i want a school that will allow me to do a lot more of this and he said well you do you want to go to a stage school and i said what's the stage school he said it's a place where kids go to learn to be an industry he said yep send me there and that's Excellent. that was and that was it he supported me you know all that, that time so and cool. championed that so it. cool my son's a, my eldest son is a dancer he went, he went to a dance school in oh Enfield wow and pineapple and he does street yes. hip-hop hip-hop dance and it yes yeah, he used to play basketball and then one day he just he just i remember we were driving back he said i want to be a dancer and i'm like well okay well i've never seen you dance you've never voiced it before and he just then he went he went and got a scholarship and he just went off and did it and you're like absolutely brilliant brilliant you know, I've heard of parents that haven't got behind their, their, their kids in that way. And so, you you know, you were very lucky that your dad was like, yeah, brilliant. Come on then. That's fantastic. No. Yeah, no. Very, very lucky. Very, very, very lucky. So by the time I got to, um, uh, like, I left it, I left college at 19. So by the time I got to, like, 21, 22, that was going to be the time that I was, you know, going to apply for drama school. Mm. But I'd already had an agent and I was already working. Oh. And it was it was like, okay, so the thought and the realization was if I go to drama school, it's going to take another three years for me to go and do more training. Then I have to come out, get an agent and try and get work. Mm. Because while you're at drama school, you can't work, you see. Oh, really? And so I would have to have given that up. I would have had to have given it up. Um, and then I thought, okay, forget that. I'm just going to try and learn on the job. And so that's exactly what I did was I learned on the job. Wow. And I had to compete yeah. with people. Yeah, then had to compete with people who had been to drama school. <laughs> um, so I literally just, um, you know, that was my work experience. That was my, uh, you know, seat and gills, yeah. if you like. Wow, man. But that's it, isn't it? You sink or swim. In you go. I remember when I started comedy, I was the same. I got booked. I'd only been gigging a little while, and then someone booked me to do a, a to MC a, a corporate gig for yeah. being being cure wherever it was, and they and I said I've, I've literally done I've done I've only been going six months, and they went no no we, you have to do this Rich, just go just go and do it. It's it's like it's yeah. three hundred quid. Go and do it, and I went and I went I have to do it, and that that 
that need to survive and get get not get yes. fit, but it fired me up and I had the gig of my life. And so I imagine that was the same with you. You kind of went, right, I'm here, got to do it. Well, I kind of didn't have a choice either because yeah. I was 14 um, when I was at stage school, uh, which was named Corona Academy, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I know, you couldn't write it. Wow. Um, but no, at, four, at 14, we were doing our mock exams and one of the teachers, um, he came and he said, look, I know that most of you in this room are not going to make it in this industry. He said, the industry you're choosing to pursue is very, very hard. You know, half of you won't make it and the other half won't make a career of that. And another half of that, of those will actually give up at some point. So very few of you will be a success in this classroom. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a chance to have something to fall back on. And basically what he was saying was, I'm going to let you cheat because I feel sorry for you all. And at some, and it's almost like someone hit me around the head with a baseball bat. And I went, hold on. If I have something to fall back on, I'll probably fall back on it. But if I sabotage my GCSEs, then I will have no chance but to make this work because I won't have any other option. So I made sure from that moment that I failed every single exam that I had. <laughs> and so I don't, it was either the most arrogant thing I did or the best thing I ever did. I mean, I'll, we'll find out one day. <laughs> but um, it, uh, I, I didn't turn up to a couple of my exams. And I made sure that a couple of exams I just signed my name and left. Yeah, and right. the rest I just stayed in it, did very badly, deliberately. So I came out of school with no academic education that was quali- was good enough to get me a job outside of this industry. And how did that make you feel? Was everyone around you supportive? Did you have a few people going, mate, what have you no done? No one. No one batted an eyelid really no one batted an eyelid because i think from again i just think from a young age they knew that i was going to do what i wanted to do and they knew that a performer was what i wanted to be and i was just going to do it yeah regardless of how it turned out yeah and that wasn't even for me i didn't even think about what failure looked like i just went i'm gonna try and if i failed then i'll think about it yeah 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 man to have to be that that driven at, at such a young age that's that's spectacular I mean, I didn't find out what I was doing until I was 32. You know, I just kind of... Oh, wow. Just kind of ricocheted through life and had kids young and, and yeah. kind of, you know, I didn't really know and I never felt like I fitted in. And then and then it wasn't until I discovered comedy, I went, no, this is it. This is, this is it. Right. These, are my, these are my people. And then, and then you start going, right, I want this and I want that. And, and it gave me that drive. And I, I, I say it sometimes, I go, I wish I'd discovered it earlier, but I'm like, well, at least I discovered it. At least there's that. Some people don't even do that, do they? They they just they never get an opportunity like that. So I feel blessed that I got there in the end. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. Some people that spend their whole lives, and you, it's funny. I hear a lot of people. And they go, "Oh, you know, I wish I'd have been an actor." And I say, "Well, then do it." Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. There's no just just do it. You don't know what the outcome's going to be. You may be really terrible at it, then at least you'll find out. You may not be terrible at it and be good at it, but may not work, but at least you'll find out. You may not be terrible at it, you may work. And you may, I just said, you know, there's so many possibilities, but you're not happy. Be happy. Yeah, man. That's, I hear that all the time. It's that, yeah, go, I, yeah. Again, people say to me, oh, I'd love to try comedy. I go, well, go and do it. Go and do it. There's a yeah. pub somewhere with a room above, and they put on a night, I imagine, and you just go down and say, can I jump mm. up? Can I, can I book in for five minutes? And you'll either, you'll either love it or you'll hate it, but at least you've yeah. done it, like you say, and then you don't have that, that feeling of regret and, you know, that, um, you know. I'm so glad I did it. I mean, without my job, I think I, I don't know where I would be. I mean, it, it, it you know, 
there's been times where this job has saved my life. And I, and I mean that literally. Really? Uh, yeah, I had a breakdown 14 years ago. And it's funny, I know a lot of people have a breakdown, they have to have time off work. In fact, I needed time at work. Because right. what it allowed me to do was to jump out of me and not have to think about me or concentrate right. on just me all the time. And I could think about a character. Yeah. And I was, you know, dealing with, and it's funny, they say life imitates art, imitates life. You know, and, and there's this one saying, and I'm sure you've come across it. Do you choose the parts or do the parts choose you? Oh, yeah, I've heard, yes. Um, and, you know, the character chooses me a lot of the time because I find out that what, what the character's going through, the arc that my character's going through is there is something in there that I'm dealing with in the moment of my life. Mm. And I go, oh, yeah. So I, I, it's almost like my, my work is therapy because I'm dealing with working out how this character is going to get through these situations. And I'm discovering things about myself at the same time. Yeah, and I feel yeah. so lucky for that reason that it's just, just worked out that way in so many ways. And, um, and when I was, you know, when I was in the, in the midst of my breakdown, um, and I was an absolute mess, but the one thing that I could still do was work. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's incredible, man. I, I, I had a, I had a similar. I didn't realize I, I was sort of having a breakdown until later on, mm. and I went, "Oh, that's what that was." Yeah, it kind of. I just everything just felt it got too much of what I was doing. I went and I was buying, ended up buying. I was on eBay. I got addicted to eBay, and I was buying like toys and things that I couldn't afford when I was a kid. Mm. And I was obviously then later on, I was like, oh, I was looking for comfort in things yes. that used to bring me comfort as a child. That's right. Yeah. And you go, well, now I've got, a, I've got a wardrobe full of toys. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I just, my uh, girlfriend, Jade, when we moved in together, she went, what's all that? And I said, and she went, yeah, that was a breakdown. Go, oh yeah. 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 I, yeah. I guess it was. Did yeah. you, did you realize at the time that that was happening to you? Or was it sort of later on? It's, re it's really weird. It's, it, it, um, the night before, and I, I didn't realize it was happening. I, I'd known from, so I suffered some trauma as a child. Okay. Um, I spent, thank you. Uh, I spent all of my teens listening to people going, oh, it's just your hormones. Oh, the mood swings. Yeah, they're normal. And you go, oh, I'm a teenager. These are mood swings. It's normal. It's fine. Mm. You don't realize at that point that you could be depressed. Um, I then got to my 20s, and I remember vividly having a conversation with somebody. I remember these words exactly. I think something's wrong and I should go and speak to somebody. Right. But they never did it. Yeah. I then got to 30 and no, 31, 31 and things just started to snowball out of control at that point until I hit 33. And the night before my breakdown, I went through this almost, I was on autopilot. I remember right. I was on autopilot. I and it's and it's not that now. Just for whoever's listening, understand that I do these things on a regular basis anyway. Just not always at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I I I you know I floss my teeth. I cut my hair. I cut my nails. I cut my toenails. I had a shot. I did like all of these things mm. that you do, you do periodically. You don't, yeah. you know, I floss my teeth every night, but I don't always cut my toenails and my fingernails <laughs> on the same no. day or not, not always, you know, but it was just a sort of like, and I look back now and it was me going through like a self 
cleanse almost realizing that I, I, I was just it was just like a preparation of something I didn't know what that something was yeah. and I went to bed early that night um you know I think I, I, I God, did I did I pluck my eyebrows I can't I was just doing all this sort of this yeah, preening yeah, yeah. this preening process that I just never that I've never done before and I've never done since um and I woke up the next morning and I felt like I had been unplugged from the world. Wow. I didn't feel like I had a connection with anyone or anything in it. And all I wanted to do was to take my own life. Shit, man. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I ended up at a friend's house and we were talking and she said something to me and that just triggered me crying and I didn't stop crying for about three or four days. Oh, mate. I was completely lost. I was in a heap on the floor in my flat. Yeah. And um, and this was Valentine's Day. Oh. Um, and it, uh, you know, I went through this whole process of crying, not being able to cry, talking, not being able to talk, eating, not being able to eat, sleeping, not being able to sleep. I was bouncing yeah. all over the place. Um. And then uh, a family member got me into therapy and I was in psychotherapy for two and a half years. Bloody hell. And um, it really, really did, you know, again, it helped save my life because I, I wanted to jump off my balcony because the thought and the image of me at the bottom of it became quite peaceful and I couldn't Mm. stop thinking about it. Um, and then it took, so that was two and a half years worth of psychotherapy. And then it took me another four years after that to work out how I could use the tools I learned in therapy to manage my life. Then it took me another five years after that to actually put that into practice. Now I'd, now I'd realized how to use the tools. Mm. I then had to start using them. And they took me, it got, I got to 40. And I got to 38 and I realized, which was a significant twist for me, I realized the less of a fuck I gave about what people think of me, the easier my life would be because I'd become a people pleaser because some stuff that happened in childhood. Yes. Then I realized, actually, that's not important. What I think of me is, is, is important, but I still hadn't learned how to do that yet. I then got to 42 and life started to be a lot clearer. And I definitely learned how to manage my depression and my yeah. moods and my PTSD and all those things. I've learned how to manage it. Um, and then I got to uh, 45 and realized that I needed to find value in myself outside of work because if I wasn't working I didn't feel I was worth anything yes. and again that all comes down to stuff that happens in the past so you know you're constantly unraveling layers of this onion that's called your life yeah and um, layers of damage that have been you know there for so long but where I've managed to use the tools and therapy to deal with all of these things I could see it for what it was and learn how to work with it and then i had to you know bear some short shortly after then i started to go on holiday and i went on holiday for the first time in 2017 
And the last time I'd went on a proper holiday was 1989. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> I'd had, you know, I'd, I'd had like, you know, uh, weekends here and I'd visited family, but not like a holiday that was just for me. Amazing. And that was a big thing for me. And then I had to, at the end of the holiday, deal with all of the guilt that came up for, you know, spending that much money on myself. And it wasn't that much yeah. money. But, you know, because I didn't feel like I deserved it. Uh, this is so, this sounds exactly like me. I was just, <laughs> oh, dude. I was just, yeah. For just, yeah. It, yeah, the guilt. Uh, and once, oh, so much guilt. Uh, oh, so much guilt, man. And, then, and like, yeah, I, I remember being uh, in relationships before and like, let's go on holiday. I'm like, oh, no, I can't. I need to, I need to be gigging. I need to be like, mm. I, I don't know what I thought I was going to miss. Cause once yeah. I went, once I'd gone on holiday and I was a couple of days in, I'm like, oh no, yeah, oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. I wish someone had to told me off. this before. Yeah. <laughs> Why had no one told me how wonderful a holiday is? <laughs> just a holiday. You know? Just something, it doesn't yeah. even have to be a brawl, just something different. And just, Absolutely. And shaking off the shackles when you finally get to shake off the shackles of not of worrying about what people think of you. Yes. I uh, don't know if that comes with age as well, but you, you get, I, 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 for years, I mean, I was, for various reasons, I was being a bit of a dick in relationships. So yeah. I wasn't really able to look at myself in the mirror. I didn't like who I was. Mm. And then once I started to like myself and sort all that shit out, I, yeah, you kind of, you're like, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I am now at 48, I go, oh, no, that's, I've got more of an idea of who I am and I'm yeah. happy with who I am. I don't, yes. really, don't give a shit what people think about me. And not in a horrible way. I don't want people to... <laughs> I'd hate it if someone thought I was an arsehole, but you know, you just you go, well, if they think I'm an arsehole, they think I'm an arsehole. I can't well, do exactly. anything about that. You know, I mean, I got to a point where you know I could only be accountable for me, and I'm not, I'm not responsible for how people are going to react to what I no. do or say. Yeah, exactly. I try. I wake up every single morning now, and I try my absolute best to be my, to be the best version of myself on that given day. Yes, I don't always get it right. And I am sometimes going to, you know, that's not going to sit well with people, but I can't be responsible for that. All I know is that whatever I do or say comes from a good and loving space. Even if, I remember I was in LA one time and I was trying to find a building to, because I was doing a photo shoot for a magazine and I was trying to find the building. The numbers weren't there. And I walked into this dry cleaners and I asked the guy, I said, excuse me, this, I, this is the closest to the number. Blah, blah. And, it, and he started shouting at me, you know, why people start coming into my shop and telling me this. Blah, 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 blah. And I went, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, why are you yeah. putting that shit onto me? And then we got into this argument. <laughs> so it turns out this place was around the corner. I went up there, had the photo shoot, but it wasn't sitting well with me. It wasn't sitting well with me. I left the, left the place. And I went back into the dry cleaners and I said, um, I said, sorry, can I speak to the guy that was here earlier? And he came out. He said, what do you want? I said, listen, I said, I'm just coming to say on my side, I'm really sorry for the argument that I, you know, stepped into. I understand that it's difficult for you and people coming in and asking. I said, and, you know, I get it. I was innocently just trying to find someone because I was late for an appointment. But on my side, I just want to say I'm really sorry and I wish you lots of love and I didn't mean any of the things that I said. Mm. And he kind of looked at me with his glazed look in his eyes as if I was absolutely nuts. <laughs> and we stared at each other for a few seconds and he went, yes, I am sorry, Chu. Wow. I am, you know, he goes, I, let's, let's, I said, let's say, I would never that years and years and years ago because I would have felt that I was in the right and he was a dickhead. Yes. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
this is what I mean about be the best version of me. And that on that day was the best version of me because I went and I, and I acknowledged my side of yes. the negative aspects that I was still reeling about. And I wanted to reconcile that with him and say, whether he said sorry or not was absolutely irrelevant for me. I knew I had to do that. Yes. And so that's what I say. I try and be the best person of myself every single day. I don't always get it right. I'm not in, responsible for how people are going to respond to me. But it's all coming from a, the best place that I know how and the most positive place that I know how on any given day. And I just have to be okay with that. So I can't sit around and, and worry too much about what people are going to think about me and what people are going to say about me and how they're going to feel for certain things I do or say because I am trying Yes. And in turn, I understand that everybody else is trying in their own way as well. Oh, so yeah. I don't let things phase me as much as I would have done maybe 20 years ago. You're so right, man. This, and life this, yeah. became so much better from, you know, from from those moments. Life became better when I realized when I was 38 and realized that, you know, I give less of a fuck about what people think of me. Yeah. Because oh, I'm not in control yeah. of that. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details life is full of what-ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans they supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You're listening to an Insane in the Membrane special with Mind Ambassador Nicholas Pinnock. Visit Mind's website, mind.org.uk, or click the link in the episode's description if you need the support of Mind or you'd like to support Mind this Mental Health Awareness Week. Do you, do you find that you have to be a bit more careful now? Like I know because my partner Jade is she's got a uh, she's got a, a profile and she's on Amazon and Prime and she's doing you know, and so she's in the public eye and she has to be a bit more careful about what she says and does and is yes, that of course, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I do. I mean, I, I get really. It's like you know, I um, I get someone else to pick up my deliveries because I go downstairs now and you know delivery. And I'm trying to sign the thing, or someone's giving it to me. They're going, "Yeah, mate, you're the guy from Top Boy, in it, or yeah, it's oh, you yeah, from yeah, Full yeah, Life, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Well, you in a, you an actor?" And it's just like, "Well, you know, <laughs> you're in a taxi, and they they drop you home, and they go, um, 
Sorry, mate, are you like, uh, you're an actor, aren't you? I kind of recognize your face. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't want people knowing where I live. and Because I'm, no. I'm a very, very, very private person. Yes. You know, there were some things I would talk about. I would talk about, I would talk about my work until the cows come home because mm. I'm really fucking boring like that. <laughs> I would talk about mental health because it's a passion of mine. Yes. Um, you know, I tend not to talk too much about politics because I have some extreme views on it. Mm. Um, yes. I, but, I, you know, I, it's like I when you there. ask me, it's like when you said to me, you're from London, what's what part? And I said, no, I'm just from London. Yeah, I don't want yeah. people to know right. Yeah, you're right, man. You're right. Yeah. And it's, you, uh, yeah. you, you, you get like, a, um, I call it a, a seventh sense. I can walk into somewhere now, not look in the direction of heads that start moving when they realize that I'm oh, in the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then all I do is I ignore it. And then if I'm with people and I can see that it's possibly coming, because what happens is one of two things happen. You walk into somewhere, heads start turning, then some heads start turning and some people lift up their phones because they want to know if it's really that person or if it's oh, someone yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can see this in the periphery of my eyes. And sometimes you can hear people go, oh, is that the actor from Marcello? Mm, you can it. hear these things. I'm ignoring it. And I'm with people who aren't in the industry. And then at some point I have to go, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to be in an uncomfortable situation. Best thing to do is when that happens, just walk away or walk ahead or keep your head down and ignore it and I will deal with it. And they go, what? Yeah. And then yeah. I'll go, look, it, it'll explain itself in a while. And then someone will come over and go, oh, mate, my wife, she seems to think that you're the guy out of Marcella, but I'm thinking you're the guy out of 12 years of slave. Which one are you? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go, um, I'm, 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 I'm the guy out of Marcella. And then oh. he goes, oh, talk, well, no, you were right, babe. It was him. Now, she wants a photograph. Do you mind if she gets, oh, and she my. comes over. And I'm sat there. And then what happens is more heads, it draws attention. And before you know it, everyone's looking over. Other people come over and go, oh, my gosh, I saw you as well. And I'm really sorry. Do you mind if I, I get a selfie? Course, and that's yeah. it. Your night is ruined. So then I go, right, let's get the check. Let's go somewhere else. Mm. or what happens is scenario number two which is you sit there all night and you think this is amazing i was wrong no one's the people that i thought were turning their heads they're not coming this is fantastic no one's recognized me this is amazing you pay the check you get up on your way out someone goes you were a bastard in that in that in, in to marcella in that program and everyone goes yeah yeah we thought so as well and before you and you realize that you sat there the whole night <laughs> and yeah. people have been watching you eat. <laughs> <laughs> and so you can't win. No, and that's the thing. Isn't it? If you, you, it only takes you to just because they don't realise the run up to them seeing you. No. So if you just if they if just for a minute you just go they go oh, I can have a photo and you just you might have something bothering you in your life and what something's going on you go God no just leave me alone or you might be a bit off. And then they yeah. get right. Well, he's a fucking dickhead, that bloke. It, and that's it, all it, it takes. I get it. I it get becomes it. it becomes work instantly. And sometimes yeah. you don't want to have to t switch it on. But think me, I'm, I'm one of those people. I will never say no because, and I tell you why I never say no because everybody likes their boss to give them praise and, they, and let them know that they're doing, they're doing a good job. And for me, I don't make television for myself because I don't watch any of it. I don't watch the films. I don't watch the TV. I just make no. it. I don't watch me on screen. I make it for an audience because I want them to get something out of it. Yeah, so when you the enjoy audience, doing it, yeah. I love it. And when the audience yeah. come to you and they say, oh, mate, really enjoy it. Do you mind if I get a picture? All they're saying is, 
I really enjoy what you say. I really enjoy what you're doing. Yes. And I'm, I go, oh, thank you. For, I, I listen, I don't need it because my ego's in check, but it's nice when you get it. But I always don't want it. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Any actor, yeah, yeah, any, yeah. any actor who says, oh, I don't like, I don't like when people come up to me and I don't like, they're, they're absolutely lying to you because <laughs> it is a nice feeling when someone acknowledges what you do and Appreciate you're, and your work, you're doing yeah. it well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, and I, and I'm very grateful that people want to let me know that they're appreciating my work, but sometimes I'm not in the mood for it. I don't no. want to be recognized. I don't want to be the center of attention. I get enough attention at work and through work things that in my real life, I just want to blend into the wallpaper. Yeah. But right. it's not possible anymore. You know? No, no, that's it. That's and it. And it's, yeah, it's that, that kind of thing. Oh, that's the price you pay. You go, well, not really. That's not. I think you didn't get into no. acting that to. to that's, it's like a byproduct, isn't it? The fame side of it. It's like you know. Well, that's, it is. I, you know. I never wanted to be rich, and I never wanted to be famous. I just wanted to be good. Yeah, yeah. But then what I realised early on was a product of being good is sometimes money and fame. Yes. And I had to really get my head around that, and I had to really reconcile that. You know, I was going down a path that if I was continuing to be good and you know, within the realms of whatever anyone wants to call it successful, that that was just going to be one of the things that was unavoidable. And then, mm. you know, and that's when, you know, publicists get into it and blah, blah, blah. And you go, okay, well, I can manage this however much I want. So I can say no to some things. I can say no, it's fantastic. You can, <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't actually have to do everything. So I'm very careful about what press I do, what press I don't do, how much I'm on screen doing press and how much I'm on radio yeah. and magazines doing press. Because for me, I always wanted to maintain being an actor. I never wanted to be a star. No. And the difference between being actors and being a star is when, when people see me on screen, I want them to see the character. I don't want them to see me. But if I do all the interviews and, you know, I'm on TV and I'm on Graham Norton and I'm on all these sorts of things, and if I'm on any of these, you know, things and I'm being me, what happens is an audience, mine, and an audience don't really realize it. But what happens is you get so many reference points of who that person is in their real life that when you see them on screen, you start to see them in their characters. And then before you know it, that person is no longer an actor and they are then a star because their star quality takes over their characters yes yeah you're right man yeah 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 and, and so then, i yeah. had to be very careful to manage and minimize the amount of on-screen stuff that i do as me yeah i get it man because they just assume oh you, you're an actor you just wanted to be famous so we're gonna yeah, yeah. But of course, it's it. not the case. Oh. No, of course not. I remember never wanted it. Being in a, I was in a pub in in uh, in Soho, and uh, Idris Elba was in the corner. Hmm. And but I'm there's a, his best mate is Quincy that they went to school together. So I I'm right. mates with Quincy, and so yeah. he knows Idris. And the guys I was with, they're not in the industry. They're they're just these these right. bit they're a bit laddie, and they were going, like, "Oh, it's fucking Idris. It's Idris, right?" And I'm like, "Don't you don't you dare." over there and it wasn't at that point it was more about i didn't want it getting back that my mates had, yeah. had been fucking about with idris i didn't want quincy because like, so it became and they're going oh what's wrong with you i'm like just leave him alone what's wrong with you go, oh what you mm. and i'm like it was just yeah you don't get it just let the man have a pint what's wrong yeah. with you 
but yeah. you know, yeah, if you're not, if they, yeah, it's funny. It's a, it's, but like you say, you're taking precautions and you're very careful about what you, yeah, what you put out of, there. And you, you know, you, and Jay, you, know you have to, yeah. Jay's the same. Like with this, where we're at now, because we're all locked in, we've been filming stuff online, but we have to be very right. careful. We don't give away where we live. Exactly. Because if you get, all you need is a bit of a view out of the window where we are. It's very, you can, you could tell where yeah. we're exactly where we are. There's a yeah. few very, very prominent landmarks where we are. And yes. it's, yeah, you know. Well, I've got a it. thing. Whenever anyone comes into my flat, they are always told, take your shoes off. Yeah. No photos or videos in this flat go online and we're all happy. Yeah. 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 And no That's smoking. It. Those are, those are my three rules. Yeah. Anything else, anything else goes. Like, you do what you like. You come in here, you be, you, you know, you, it's, it's your home, but no, nothing goes online. No photos, no videos, take your shoes off, no smoking. And we're good. And luckily yeah. all of my friends and family have all respected that. Yeah. You know, and if, and if there is anything like something going online, it's like, um, they'll go, can I put this on? And I'll go give it to me. And then I'll crop the picture so that it could be anywhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but no one gets a glimpse of what the inside of my home looks like, because actually that's really private for me. Of course it is, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the same, I don't yeah. have children, but if I had kids, I, they would not appear online for me, personally. No, no, no. Um, I, yeah, I, I find that, I see that all the time, and yeah. you see, and you're like, come on, just, you don't do that. And that that's yeah. the last thing you should be doing. And then and then because you do that, people go, oh, he's getting up himself. Like, no, I just, just want to just want to be, I want a little yeah. bit of privacy. That's yeah. all I want to do, you know. You're, yeah. You were talking about, your because you know like same with me i i've just i'm fascinated with how the mind works i'm fascinated with how mm. people work which is why this yeah. podcast this podcast became what it is yeah and was this is this how you got involved with mind so with mind what happened was um we got nominated for a, a mind media award which is an award ceremony that is put on by mind every single year that um, they do to award outlets in the media for representing mental health responsibly. Right. Top Boy was nominated for a Mind Media Award for the yes. storyline that my character had with Sharon Duncan Brewster's character. And so we were invited, her and I were invited, we went to this ceremony and this, uh, um, you know, was probably the most heart-wrenching, warmest, relevant award ceremony or, or media event that I had ever been to. Right, yeah. And I, at the end of it, I went to them and I said, anything you need me to do, I'm going to do it as a supporter for you. Because when I went through my breakdown, I had no idea that organizations like mine even existed. And I wish I had because, mm. you know, at the other end of the line, there would have been people there too that I could have just, you know, talked to and vented to and yes. asked for advice. And I had no one. I had no idea. The last thing I knew was the Samaritans when we were children. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was you know, back, yeah, in the, really back in the 80s, in the late late <laughs> 70s, early 80s, you know, Samaritans, you know. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know that organizations like mine existed. And I felt it was so important after that award ceremony. Um, that I said, I want to get involved because I wish I'd known during my breakdown that there were people that I could call. Um, and I think I ended up calling the Samaritans once, but um, 
nothing against the Samaritans. It just wasn't helpful for me. And I, I realized now why and why mind was more help would have been more helpful. Yeah. So I did that. So I was, I was what they call a, a celebrity supporter for them for a while. And then, um, I've been doing that for, you know, I became a, a mind media awards judge, um, for several years. Um, you know, and I did just about everything they could. And I started to help raise, you know, money and, um, mm. you know, raise awareness for them whenever I could. Yeah. And one year they asked me if I would like to be an ambassador. And I said, absolutely. And it's one of the, uh, another one of the proudest achievements of my life. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's, yeah, I think, like you say, we weren't aware of these things before. No. It, you know, you just, there was this, like the Samaritans and you can ring them and they'll listen, but they can't, they can't help the, you. And no. You know, and and I think I was talking about this the other day, actually. Um, what because there because society says this is this is the framework that you should fit into, mm. and we all struggle with that because sometimes we're like, well, no, we're all different, and we don't, you know, not like hurting anybody, but we don't we don't necessarily fit into that framework that society says we're supposed to, and so yeah. we start having these like your brain starts spinning going, oh I, I don't fit in i must be weird then there must be something wrong with me i must be i it, it, you know what i mean is it, it's good that there's places like mine now where you they can you can actually you've got somewhere to go someone someone to talk to and go this is how i'm feeling they go yeah and you know what you're not on your own loads of people feel well, this I way f- and it's, you, you know, know ever since i was a child i felt i felt like a loner yeah i felt like i was the only person that had these thoughts and feelings and i felt like no one would understand me. I felt isolated and I felt like a bit of a misfit. And I felt that all my life. And there's even times now where I, I, I feel like, yeah, no one understands. No one really understands how I think because I'll say things and people won't get it or they'll get it, but they'll judge it. And I go, yes, yeah, because you just don't understand. No one, no one, no one gets it. And then, then I will talk to somebody and they will absolutely get it like mm. they were there when that thing happened or they they are actually in my brain and yes. in moments like that you know oh god i'm not alone yeah. and when i was at that award ceremony listening to some of the people so i think there was um if i remember rightly and forgive me if i've got this wrong whoever's listening um but there was somebody on stage who was collecting a an award i think her son had died and she was collecting an award on a documentary that was made about him or an article or something. And she started to talk and I went, that's exactly how I felt. That's exactly how I yes. feel. I can identify with that. So 99.9% of the time I feel isolated and alone, but then moments like that happen that just remind you that you are not. Yes. And that's really, really important. And especially when you felt like a loader and you feel like, because you're in your head all the time. Well, you know, people say to me, yeah. oh my God, you're... People say to me, sometimes you are such hard work. I said, don't think I don't know that. I'm in my head all the time. <laughs> yeah, said, same. I'm the one listening to all the voices. Yeah. You're so complex. Yeah, I'm the one listening to all the voices. I'm oh. the one hearing them talk to me 24 hours a day. And, and also I've got this thing called misophonia, I think. I think that's what it's called. It's all to do with sound. You can have a, a, um, a nervous system and an emotional reaction to certain noises. Okay. And... I hear just about everything where most people tune out certain sounds. I hear everything. And I, and I, and the more I read, the more I realize that, um, 
it's because I'm highly sensitive to, to, to things. Yeah. So I hear everything. So I can be having a conversation with you in a restaurant. I can hear the waiter dropping that spoon over there. And I can hear the scraping of a plate from someone over there. I can hear the conversation that's happening just over there somewhere. I can hear the people that are walking in and her heels clicking on the marble on the floor. And I can hear a, a toilet being, fl- I can hear everything. Yes. And so I have to really concentrate. And a lot of people, some people said to me, are you deaf? And I've gone, no, why? Because you're looking at my mouth. You're not looking at my eyes. And I say, yeah, I have to look at your mouth because I'm trying to filter out all the sounds. I'm trying to concentrate <laughs> on what you're saying rather than being distracted. Because if it was up to me, every sound that, that you know I heard, I would turn my head to see what it actually yeah. was and where it was coming from. But I'm trying to converse, concentrate on this conversation. That's it, yeah. So I am you know, having to actively look at your mouth to see. So I learned how to lip read. I've had to learn how to lip read wow. as well as here yeah. because sometimes the sounds and you add that to the voices in my head <laughs> oh it's a cacophony of, <laughs> of, of chaos in there a- absolute carnival going on yeah um, yeah yeah I'm, oh I'm the, it, it yeah. is it really, really is but that's because i i feel i feel everything because i'm highly sensitive and i'm highly my sensibilities are set on high most of the time and so you know this lockdown for me is absolute bliss because the the small element of my agoraphobia is really really happy right now because i can go out and there's not too many people (laughs) Um, that doesn't mean to say i can't go out in crowds and i because i you know i sometimes love going out in crowds but it's the noise and i feel the energy from people i can feel it you know i'll be sitting with um i'll be sitting with a friend sometimes and um i'll say what was that thought you just had and then they'll look at me and they go please don't do that to me anymore <laughs> please don't stop. Please stop doing that. And so, how, how did you know? And I said, Well, I can feel a shift in your energy. Yeah. And actually, yeah, shift in yeah. your energy has told me something that, you know, you're going through. So, what is, and then they start telling me, Oh, well, I was just thinking about so and so. So, I really, really, you know that. But it's really, and, and it's, and it's things like that that have helped me with my, with my going back to work where we started. Mm, it's helped yeah. me with my work because I can, I can choose what energy my characters um, on the front foot with for any given scene because I've learned to feel shifts in any one individual's energy to know that, um, you know, something's going on. It's like I, was, I was speaking to a friend of mine yesterday and he revealed to me that he, you know, and, you know, I'm in AA and blah, blah, blah. And I said, ah, that's what it was. And he went, what? He said, do you remember when we first met I looked at you and I tilted my head. And he went, yeah. I said, I knew that you had suffered some trauma, but I didn't know what it was. And I was waiting for you to tell me where that lay. Wow. And he was like, ah. That was me reacting to your shift in energy because you were telling me something without actually telling me something. And he just started yes. laughing. I'm the, mate, <laughs> I'm the same. My, my missus, she'll come in. Yeah. I'm like, are you all right? She's like, no, I'm fine. And I'm like, and I'm, I, and I'm like, no, I'm telling you, you now, just, you I, just I can know. feel it, yeah. Yeah, 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 and all it takes, like, it, yeah, just uh, the eyes look different or something, 
Yeah, like you've just explained exactly how you've just yeah. explained it. Yeah. And it, and then later on you go, yeah, this was this was going on. And the same, you go, I I fucking knew it. Yeah. I also I've done this as well where I'll be I'll be meeting a mate in town or wherever and mm. be, so but I'm there early, so I'm wandering around and I'll and I'm always looking at people, I'm looking at what they're wearing and I'm like and I'm just fascinated with how people put themselves together and, and you know, mm. oh, look pretty, that's a cool looking dude. Oh, he's all right. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, this has happened to me a couple of times. I'll meet up with my mate and then he'll go, Oh, someone else is joining us. And it'll be someone that I've seen earlier in the day. Wow. And I'll go, oh, I saw you earlier. And they look at me like I'm mental. I'm like, no, no, you were outside. You were outside, whatever. And they're like, yeah, I was. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, yeah. And I'm like, all right, mate. And that's how I start. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, yeah. So like, who's this weirdo? <laughs> I just, like you, I just notice and see and hear. Yeah. And, you know, probably not on the same, to the same extent as you do, but you just... I'm always looking around, just like, oh, that's interesting. That's yeah. cool. Oh, that's going on. Oh, that's that. Constantly. And sometimes I'll be stood there. I'll have to say in my own head, go, can you pack it in for a minute? Just, just, just let me look in this record shop for a bit. Just let me chill out. I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to notice every single fucking thing that's going on around me just for a minute. <laughs> you have to actively just switch it off sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you have to. You have because to. It can be over. It can be completely overwhelming. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nicholas, this has been fantastic. I want to thank you so much oh, for, for taking welcome. the time out to come and chat to me and and, and, for, and, your, pa and your patience as well, man. I really appreciate it. Um, what's happening with you next? I know you've got... So is Marcella's out now? Um, so I'm not in the third series, but no one knows that until they listen to this podcast, but it's, that's fine. I don't think I've not been... In, put on any um you know ndas to not reveal that okay um uh, um the first season of for life which is out in the states at the moment and we believe is coming here in the autumn is on its final episode next tuesday okay um and work because of you know corona yeah. has come to a standstill i had a few projects that were lined up to shoot from the end of march right through to september and they've all been put on hold. So um, okay. I don't know what my next job is going to be and when it's going to start. And I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to angst about it because now is all we've got. And I'm yes. just going to embrace the moment every single day as it comes to me in the best way I know how. Oh, man, you're absolutely right. Nicholas, thank you so much, man. This thank has been you. A, genuinely, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. And when COVID's over, let's meet up and have a, have a juice. Insane in the membrane. So that was Nicholas Pinnock. My word, what a conversation! I always, I'm always worried when I, when I, when I have guests on. Not worried, just, but you know, someone that I don't really know. You know, you get a little bit anxious. You know, I hope this goes well. What a man! I mean, you know, he was really patient. We, we, we had a few technical problems at the beginning, getting that up and running, getting it together. But well done, producer Paul. You've got it together. Thank you to Nicholas Pinnock for his patience. What a man! You know, don't forget he's stuck in lockdown at his place. I'm stuck in lockdown at my place. Producer Paul is stuck in lockdown at his studio, and we're trying to bring this together like we're all sat in the same room. So thank you to everybody. You know, we're all in this together, and together we will get through this one day at a time. You know, reach out, speak to people, speak to each other, you know, and if you need to, if you really need support, it's there. And that's in the shape of Mind's website. So visit their website, mind.org.uk, or click this link in the episode description uh, and, and do that. Reach out, let's support each other, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.
made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.